fall we've been talking about making room, making room for souls, for people to become believers and to walk this Christian faith with us. And we were making room for more impact in our own lives and wherever we go. And last week I gave you a little challenge. I want to see, see what kind of update we might have. I gave, we gave out about a thousand of these uh, information cards saying making room fall 2012 and then just starting uh, next week or October 7th, uh, two services. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I do want to just encourage you this morning that take those cards. If they're on your counter, pick those up, take them to work with you, put them on your invoices, uh, slip them in you know, with a good hearty tip after lunch today, whatever the case might be, utilize these because these are seeds. And even though they may seem insignificant, we know that there's power in seeds. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And uh, so we want to do that. We are also going to be this week, we want you to be praying about this. Uh, we are sending out a, a mailer to a couple communities that we're targeting that are close to the church, letting them know that, hey, we're expanding and we would love for you to join us. And so be praying that God uses those seeds, those postcards, those invitations uh, to really impact lives. How many are willing to pray with us about that this week and to ask God to just, just uh, overflow us? And as we come next week, that will be even stronger. And then next week, stronger. And uh, we do it all for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking about making room for more. And we started the series talking about making room for more prayer. And we said we're upping our prayer requests, asking the Lord to help us. We also want to be able to be receptive for prayer or praise reports saying, hey, we want to know when God answers prayers so we can be able to communicate that and celebrate with you. And again, every single week that you come on Sundays or Wednesdays or anytime you stop in the office, you can grab a prayer request, fill it out, and we will commit to pray for a month over your prayer needs and ask God to do a miracle. And then corporate prayer, of course, the most important meeting of the week, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, be here and we want to make sure that you do that. And we said that we were doing all of this because nothing of eternal significance happens without what? Without prayer. And that's exactly right. And we believe that. We don't just say that, but we want to participate. We want to be praying people because we know God answers prayer. Then last week we talked about making room for more worship in our lives. True, genuine, godly worship. And we said last week that we can't blend the world and God. And even though the world is, has a, quite a pull on each of us, and we recognize that, that we're all vulnerable, we must choose to live a lifestyle of worship to our Heavenly Father. And we cannot be satisfied without the presence of God in our lives. We do not want to blaze through life just on our own. And we looked at the miracles that came in the life of Elijah last week and Paul in the New Testament. And we talked about the miracles that come in our own lives when we decide to cut ourselves off from the world in the sense of we're going to purify ourselves. We're going to, we're going to worship God and God alone. And I believe that God is calling us to make room for worship in our lives, both personally and corporately. And uh, it will result in incredible impact in your life and in the lives of others. And today we're going to move on to another one of the arrows on our list here, that we want to make room for more of God's Word. 
But before we talk about making room for more of God's Word, um, I got some feedback last week saying, man, if we go through all of these arrows and making room for all of these things, we're not going to have room for anything, <laughs> right? And uh, the more we make room for these things, he's saying, and someone said last week, man, I feel like I'm stretched thin already. And when you consider the margins in your life and you're saying, boy, I'm hardly making it already, I want us just to take a little look at a picture. Some of you may be familiar with this. Stephen Covey, the old-time leadership guru uh, back from the early 80s, he had two buckets. And what he said, he said, there are things in our lives that are important, that need to be fit in to our lives. Big things. And I would include God's Word as one of those big things. But if we, like on the left side, if we put other things that are less important into our lives first, and He will often fill it with sand or with gravel or with water, and then we try to put in the big pieces of our lives, how many know there are things that will get left out of our lives? But on the right side is a better perspective that How do we fit it all together? How do we make it happen? We get the big pieces in first, if you can imagine. Putting those big pieces in, the priorities of our lives, putting those things in. And then we can add a little gravel. Then we can add a little sand. And even after all that, you can add a little water. And um, it's amazing the capacity that we have as human beings. God created us that way. And so I want to challenge us in our priority. And maybe God is moving you to give up some of the good things in your life for what's best in your life. Or maybe God is moving you to give up some of the, of the things that you love for the, what you love even more. And I got a quick example of this. And a couple years ago, um, I had a motorcycle accident. And some of you guys were here when that happened. And, um, and I... I it really affected my wife. And how many know I need to love my wife more than I love my motorcycle? <laughs> and so at that point in my life and still today, I still love motorcycles. And someday, Lord willing, maybe not. But someday I might ride again, but not until my wife says it's a good idea. And that's what I've communicated. And that's okay, because I love my wife more than I love my motorcycles. (laughs) And you know what? When we think about the big priorities in our lives, we need to get those pieces in place. And you know what it does? It provides room in our lives that you wouldn't believe. And you know, when we talk about our lives and we talk about success, and we talked last week about that success is doing what God calls us to do, plain and simple, That if God calls you to do something and you do it, you are successful. It's not about money in the bank or it's not about, you know, what your house looks like or what kind of car you drive or what kind of uh, influence you might have. It's about doing what God has called you to do. And the thing is, God calls us to be great, doesn't he? He calls us to greatness. But that greatness looks a little different for you than it does for me. And it looks different for your neighbor. And it looks different for another family sitting across the way. And so stop comparing your behind the scenes, what you see in your own life, to those, the highlights of other people's lives. And I'll tell you, if we can do that, God, he can take us to a new place. 
And Sunday mornings, we can often come and we can get charged up and it's exciting. And we say, yes, we want to sign up to go from ordinary to extraordinary, right? But then on Monday morning, we get weak and we say, oh, how do we do this? You know, what, you know, maybe even by the time you get in the car on the way home, you're saying, okay, that was great. Now, how do we do this? And you all of a sudden feel def- deflated. And today, I want to teach us some tools to, that will motivate us throughout the week. And it's a simple message with extreme potential for miracles in our lives. And I want to, uh, and it's, it's simple, and uh, it's not going to take long to get through, but then there's some application at the end of today that we want every single one of you to participate in, and I want your hearts to be ready. And what, what this all is rooted in is in God's Word. And so I want us just to pray, ask God, and we're going to look at some scriptures here in a few moments, and we're going to talk about God's Word. But would you pray this after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, help me today to be open to you. I need you to speak to me personally in regards to my life. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. In Jesus' name, amen. God's word is important. There's not anyone here this morning, even if you were uh, a marginal Christian, would you say that, yeah, God's word is not important. We look at our fundamentals of faith, the 16 fundamentals, and uh, the very first one is that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And it says in our fundamental truths that we hold dear in the assemblies of God that the scriptures, both the old and new, are verbally inspired of God and the revelation of God to man, the infallible authoritative rule and faith of conduct. And we believe that deep inside of our spirit. And that's the number one thing in our fundamental truths because if we don't believe that this is true, (laughs) nothing else really matters. Isn't that the truth? And in our core values that we hang on the wall and some of you have got uh, one of these maybe sent home or you've looked at these before, the very first core value, one of the things that we would die for is God's word. And we said it's God's word honoring the Bible as our standard for life. And we do a pretty good job on Sunday mornings. We preach the word. We don't allow uh, preachers to come in and just come in with their own philosophy. Or we don't take Sunday morning especially to, to read um, you know, a poem that you know, uh, you know, someone famous may have read or wrote. And uh, we, we concentrate on the word of God. And we're going to do that even this morning. But we do that because we take it seriously what God's word says. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is a charge to Timothy, a young pastor that Paul was lifting up, that was, he was raising up. And listen to what he says. And not only is this a charge for Timothy, but it's a charge for your pastor and for us as individuals in our own lives. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2, starting there. It says, preach the word. Everyone say the word. word. Be prepared in season and out of season. What does the word do? It says, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them and take great number of teachers to say what their itching ears may want to hear. They will turn their ears away. 
from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, he's saying this to Timothy, but he's saying it to me, the Holy Spirit is, and he's saying it to you this morning. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministries. I really like what it says there in verse 5, that it says to keep your head, uh, keep your head in all circumstances. Now the reality is that life is difficult at times. And you may be facing a difficult season in your life. There are times we get stuck in a rut. We feel defeated. We feel below ordinary. We, sometimes we feel like we don't even deserve a thing. You know, we've been collecting prayer requests and praying over those. Pastor Pete and I have been praying over those. Every other day, we kind of give them back and forth to each other, just interceding on your behalf because we know that when we pray, God listens. But you know, we read these prayer requests and we know that there are circumstances and some of them are confidential. And we say, God, do a miracle in their lives, in the people's lives. And sometimes it's a prayer for direction or it's a need for a miracle. Or maybe you're facing a rocky patch in your marriage. Or I was interested how students made out some of these prayer requests and praying for relationships at school or praying for their study help, help to focus. Uh, prayer for their friends, prayer for relationships. Someone was praying for wisdom in their work, in what direction to go. And you, you look at these and you say, okay, God, these are all things that are important to us. In church, what I've boiled it down to, what's been burning in my heart, is that we do not need more of the world's wisdom. We need godly wisdom. We need a miracle. We need God's word to come forth in our lives and for it to be the standard that we say that it is. And so I'd ask the question, what are you feeding on? What are you feeding on these days? Do you get more of your information or more of your inspiration from your neighbors at work and the cubicle next door and uh, say, hey, what, would you, what do you think about this? Or, hey, we're doing, dealing with this in our family. What do you think? Or do you look to um, uh, the political scene and say, well, you know, boy, you know, what's happening there? And you're talking all about it instead of turning to God's word, saying, what does God's word say about some of the issues? Maybe you turn to self-help books or magazines or psychological research. People turn to the internet and they think Wikipedia and Google have, you know, are God's word, right? Or maybe you stay at home all day and or some of the day, and watch Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz, and you think more of what they think than what God's Word says. But listen, God's Word is on a different playing field. It is an authority that we can rely on. And there is truth, and there is hope for each and every situation, for every single area of your life. Every single thing that you are facing is addressed in the word. And you know what's great about God's word? Is that when God speaks, one word is enough. One passage, one thought, one story can bring life. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, and we kind of see this kind of played out as it describes the word of God in our lives. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Listen to what it says. 
says, for the word of God is living. It's alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. This is not an ordinary book. This is God's word and it's life when we apply it to our lives. So what are you feeding on? If you're in a dry spot in your, in your life, if you're hungry spiritually, what are you feeding on? Maybe you feel lost or confused. Well, today, a little of God's word can be exactly what you need. I believe it. And I believe that God wants to speak to you in this way. He wants his word to be revealed to you for your life, whether you're young or old, middle-aged, single, married, divorced, in school, out of school. God wants to speak to you this morning. I've felt that deep in my heart. We're going to talk about how that happens. But you know, if you've been without the Word of God for the last week, maybe you haven't opened up your Word since last Sunday, or maybe it's been even a little longer than that, uh, maybe a couple weeks, and it's been a while since you've been in God's Word, or a month, or even a year since you've really dove into God's Word. How many know that you don't have to devour the entire book at one point (laughs) to make up for all that you've missed over the last bit? You need one word, one thought, one story that will speak life into your situation. And God wants to do that. You know, if I missed a few meals, I'm not going to make up all those meals in one sitting, right? I hope not. (laughs) You'd be sick. But it's one word, one promise. And you know, God's word, it's filled with knowledge. And it's interesting that we can learn God's word, we can know God's word, and that's incredible, that's good. But we need to move beyond that and move it beyond just knowing, and we need to move to practical application in our lives. It's not enough just to know what God's word says. James chapter 1, verses 19. Let's look there, flip over just a couple verses, or a couple pages from Hebrews there. Listen to what it says. It says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If a man's anger does not bring him, bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So we need to embrace the word that we understand, that we know. But then it goes on. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and, Im- and immediately forgets what he looks like. Does that ever happen to anybody? But the man who looks intently into the perfect law looks intently into God's word, what does it say? Yeah, it gives freedom. And if he continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. See, the enemy would love 
to trick you into thinking, well, you already know God's word, or you've already heard that message, or you already know what it says, and get you to know it, but never to apply it. And this morning, we want to move all of us from not only knowing God's word and asking God for a word, a specific thought or a a promise for us today and moving from that point of knowing to application. And I want to teach you something, how uh, I've been able to do that in my life on many, many occasions. And I think it's something that you can take. It's something very practical. And if you're taking notes, it's very simple. It's, uh, it's in the form of a, a, a word, and then each of the letters uh, become a, a phrase or a, a, a statement. And the first one starts with S, all right? And it's Scripture. We look at God's Word, all right? And then the next one is that we want to uh, take that Scripture And then as we're reading through Scripture, maybe we're reading through the Proverbs or we're reading through the Bible, and something is illuminated. Something is, uh, it kind of catches our attention. Something maybe we've read before, but it's it's a new word. There's new revelation that comes with that. The next thing we do is we observe what it says. And you know, it's important that we observe God's Word and we understand what the context is. And so we're not just picking out bits and pieces and just making God's God's word say whatever, uh, whatever we want it to say. But God's word is powerful. And so we, we're reading through scripture and we come to a point where we say, boy, that really is, is speaking to me. And we say, okay, that scripture, I've observed it. And then you move from observation to application. Application. And then you say, how does this apply to my life? Where can I apply this today? This week, at work, at school, with my, with my friends, with my, um, with, my, um, with my kids, with my wife. Where can I apply this truth? And then there's a last part, P, and it says soap, of course, is prayer. Prayer. Praying through Scripture is powerful. Now, I give you this little tool And what I've done over the years. And I can't even remember where I first learned this. Um, I've... I have no idea. I've been doing this for years um, in my journal. Is that when I read God's word, I look for something to be illuminated. And then I write out the scripture. I observe what it says. I look for it in context. I look for support. (coughs) I apply it to my life. And then I pray over it. And I'm telling you, when I do that on a consistent basis, God uses his word in a powerful way. How many of you have ever read something in the morning, maybe, and you're doing your devotions, and you're like, oh, this is so good, and then by lunchtime, you can't remember what you read that morning? Well, if you can learn to do these simple steps, S-O-A-P, it will deepen your understanding of Scripture. It'll move you from knowledge to application. It'll move you to the point of James chapter 1, verse 25, that says here that it will, if you go beyond uh, knowing it and you do God's word, it will bring blessing into your life. And you know God's word, what is this? It's a book of promises. It's a book of promises for you. 
Rick Warren, he, he describes that there are over 7,000 promises in God's Word as you read through Scripture. I didn't count them all, but I believe there are thousands of promises for you to grab a hold of. And the promise of God becomes your promise. And you know, I would encourage you that when we get into God's Word, and whether it's a, a, a five minutes in God's Word or five hours, either way, always study with a highlighter in your hand or with a marker or a pen where you can circle the truths in God's Word. I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago <coughs> that, that, I, um, that someone had encouraged me to start circling the promises when I read through Scripture, that if I see a promise, to circle it. And, you know, I thought, boy, that is really great because then you can go back to the promises of God that God spoke to you at one point in your life and they can become life again. But you know what? When you make a notation in your Bible, and some people are, like, opposed to writing in your Bible. Not me. I think it's great. Um, But when you make a notation, not only is it there for you, but it's there for your spouse or for your future spouse or it's there for your kids when they grab your Bible and look. You know, I used to, when, we would go to, when I would go to my grandma's house, I would grab my grandma's Bible, and I would sit there, and I would read all the notes that she wrote on the side of her Bible. It was jam-packed, and it's still jam-packed. And she would go through a Bible every couple years because she was invested in it. She studied it, and she not only observed what it said, she would apply it and write about it, and then she'd pray over that. And my grandma and my grandpa, boy, they're blessed, and I am blessed because of them. We've talked about that. And I just want to encourage us that the bottom line for us is that there are powerful promises that will be fulfilled in our lives as we understand God's Word and as we apply God's Word even today. I believe it. Now, I get the chance to work with a lot of families over the years being in the ministry. I started in the ministry, graduated from school in 1998, went into children's ministry and worked with a lot of kids and a lot of families, a lot of dads that, uh, that came to the Lord, and, and uh, it was awesome. But you know what? As I've worked and walked with families and even recently walked with families and, uh, and understand kind of where your situations are and some of the confidential requests that we're believing God for, I understand that there is a struggle that we all face. And the struggle is common. You may think that you're all alone, that you're the only one that's lonely, or you're the only one that's depressed, or you're the only one that uh, is out of a job, or you're the only one that your kids don't mind all the time, <laughs> or you're the only one that your, your spouse is uh, you know, uh, not getting along or whatever. But the fact is, the struggle is really common. We're all facing things at different times in our lives. And again, what I'll say again, is we don't need a worldly answer. We don't need worldly wisdom. We need godly help from God's Word. And we want to properly apply it to our lives. And so I want to ask you this morning, where are you on this journey? First of all, Anytime there's crisis or there's, uh, there's trouble at, on the home front, my experience has been that there's always, always, always a, a uh, spiritual problem as well. 
there's some spiritual lack or dryness. And you can know all the word that you can know. And you know what the devil says? So what? Until we can apply God's word to our circumstances, that's when we get ahead. And you know what? This morning you may be dry, you may feel weak, you may be hungry spiritually, and I want to encourage you to start to eat. And maybe you're saying, boy, I'm doing okay today, but don't stop applying God's word because God's word will feed our souls. And ultimately what it does, it provides stability in our lives. It anchors us. God's word does. How many need to be anchored in God's word? I know I do. And so when we talk about making room for more of God's word, we're not just talking about one more thing to do. We're talking about a significant piece of your life, something you need to get in your bucket early on. And then you can add other things in. We need to make room for God's word to be applied in our lives. This morning, I want to take, I want to take you through this exercise. And um, Pete, if you can grab the guys that you have ready um, in the back. I want everyone to have a pen, and we're going to pass those out, and then everyone's going to get a little sheet that looks like this. And as I was praying and asking God, you know, how do we want to apply this uh, in our lives and even this morning? How many know a supernatural God can minister to me about my finances while he's ministering to you about your marriage? And how God can move in the healing of your body while he's working on a relationship between a son and a daughter. Right? God is infinite. He can do it all. And so this morning, as I want to close and kind of bring us to a close, I want to take you through this exercise that I have used for years. You can go through my journal, and I, this is how I journal. And I've encouraged people that have been struggling for years that, boy, this is something that has been life to me in God's Word. And so this morning, whether you are facing some financial issues, or it's your marriage that needs some help, or it's your raising kids, or you need direction for the future, or it's health and exercise that maybe God is dealing with you on, or healing or hope or salvation or spiritual growth in general, I'm going to encourage you in the next few moments that you would find yourself in God's Word. And then we're going to give you some verses here that you're going to be able to follow along with for, that, re, that relate to each of these areas. And all you need this morning is one scripture to be illuminated to you that's going to make an, a tremendous impact in your life. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little journaling exercise together. All right, and we're almost done. Let's make sure everybody gets a, a sheet and a pen. And then you need a Bible as well. If you don't have a Bible, um, in just a minute, you can get up and grab a Bible. We're going to have uh, lots of time here just to look at God's Word. 
I, I had a chance this week to look back in my journal as I was preparing and just reflecting on some of the exercises where I've gone S-O-A-P, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. And I'll tell you, it has blessed me and it has encouraged me. And so today, no matter what area of your life you would describe, you're saying, you know what, today I need help. And let's go through these, all right? Let's just make right from the top there, Josh. If it's your finances, here's some verses. That was pretty quick. <laughs> if, it was your, if it was your finances, here's some verses that you can look to to ask God to minister. The next one is in marriage, and then we're going to keep these rolling, all right, so you can grab a Bible and get into it. Or if it's in raising kids or direction for the future, health and exercise, healing or hope that you need salvation, if you're dealing with addiction, or if it's just spiritual growth that you desire, could we, for the next few moments, individually crack our Bibles open? We're going to take about probably uh, 10 minutes here. And we're going to seek the face of God on our own and look for scriptures. So these are just going to roll And when it gets to the area of saying, boy, that's me, I want you to find that scripture, write out the scripture. What's the observation about that scripture in the context? How does it apply to your life? And then I want you to write out a prayer. And I'm going to ask that no one leave, no one, uh, this is, we're not finished with church. This is part of church this morning. And I've been praying that God would move in a powerful way in your life, that you'll be able to take this And remember it this afternoon. Remember it Monday morning. Remember it Friday night when you need it most. Amen. Let's do it.
give you a few more minutes, maybe two or three more minutes. And I just want to encourage you as you get to the prayer, write a heartfelt prayer to God. Start by saying, Lord, and then bear your soul. No one else is going to see this. How can you apply Scripture after you've observed it and it's illuminated to you? Let's pray for the person on our left first. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the person on our left. Even if we don't know their name, God, we call upon you to move in their lives, God, in a spiritual, in a powerful way. Perform miracles, God, I pray. Lord, touch them, God. Lord, I pray, God. Lord, for protection and for peace, God. Oh, Lord, we pray. 
Thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, work in their lives, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now pray a prayer of blessing over the person on your right, even if you don't know them. Lord, we, we love our neighbor. Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up, God. We ask, Lord, that you would move in a powerful way, God. Have your way in their life, God. Give them everything they need, God. Speak to them through your word, I pray. Lord, we love you. We honor you, God, for who you are. Praise your name. Praise your name. And now let me pray a prayer of closing. Lord, we pray that as we would leave here in just the next few moments, God, that we would go with the confidence that you are sitting on the throne, that we are victorious through you, and that your word, it means something to us. It is a life. It's alive and active. And Lord, I pray that your word would do what it's intended to do, to pierce into our hearts, to change us for your glory, for your honor. And God, I pray that this tool that we just, uh, this exercise we just went through, God, would be life. And the word that you spoke through your word to each person, whether it's for finances or for marriages or raising kids or health, (coughs) for salvation or for spiritual growth or dealing with addiction, God, I pray that your word would go forth in power in our lives and that indeed it would change us from the inside out. We pray this. Lord, go before us, behind us, and all around us and all God's people said together, amen and amen. God bless you as you go. Go in the grace of God. We love you this morning. Amen.